Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Cozy Cassette. So as promised, we're going to bring you incel talk. And just to start it off, we're going to have to get through a little uh, dictionary segment. Just because there's a lot of terminology here that's going to be really important that we're going to have to get through. Uh, first of all, I just want to start off by saying hi to everybody. How's everyone doing? Alright, bro. Well, I just wanted to start it off with, like, incel, because that's a weird word, okay? Because internet subcultures that, like, pop up, you might not really have a good reference point. So what is an incel? Can gotcha. someone tell me? Yeah, so an incel is, it's short for involuntary celibate. These are people who, for whatever reason, and they'll get, believe me, they'll give you every reason in the book, uh, they can't find a sexual or romantic partner. And so they're celibate. Right? So usually when people are celibate, it's uh, in, in pop culture terms, to go celibate means to take an active choice not to pursue sexual or romantic relations. With these people, it's pretty much against their will. So uh, a lot of them believe that because of their physical looks and their physical attributes, that they're basically, for lack of a better term, doomed. Uh, to a life of never being able to cultivate any form of relationship, you know, and so they're involuntarily they're celibate. That's pretty uh, much okay, and and that's that's different than MGTOW, M G T O W, which is men going their own way. What is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So men going on their own way. Uh, there's a bit of a nuance between them and incels, and it's actually a pretty big nuance. Men going their own way are individuals who have at least you know according to them been in multiple relationships and it just hasn't gone their way right so they view the idea of being in a romantic relationship as pretty fruitless like and uh, you know a waste of their time so they they allocate their time and their efforts to something else, whether that be their passions or their hobbies, their career, you know, so family, friends, so it's, you know, as the, as the name goes, they're men going their own way, they're, they're distancing themselves from the so-called sexual marketplace, and they're pursuing other endeavors. But the key difference between them and incels is that if they wanted to, they could pursue a relationship, right? I mean, according to them, yeah. With, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, according to them, right? But we'll take we'll we'll take it at face value, right? If we're dealing with definitions, for incels, they can't, regardless of what they do, whatever they try. You know, it's a, it's a hopeless cause. Now you might be sitting here thinking to yourself, um, why are they telling me about people who can't have relationships, right? <laughs> because because unfortunately. The world's kind of a fucked up place. And uh, people who have claimed the moniker of incel, right, have been involved in a couple of... At minimum, I'll call them violent acts, right? That were at least inspired by this ideology. Uh, I don't want to get into too much detail because when I, when I was thinking about it, I, I, I thought very carefully if I wanted to mention these people... Because a little bit, a little bit of me thought that might be glorifying them in some way. Because why the fuck would you give these these people who did a bad thing 
uh, any sort of recognition, right? So fuck that. Fuck all of them. We're not going to mention any of them. But there's been about six acts in the last seven years that have all been related to this, where I counted up upwards of at least 35 people who were at least murdered and multiple more who were injured. And I think that's why we're doing this episode, kind of in commemoration of those people, and also to try to understand why the fuck someone would even do that. It's it's a it's it's interesting being someone who's like not um, super into all like the 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 sub internet subcultures. Everyone has their own two or three, right? And you you kind of ignore all these other pockets on the internet. So when I kind of when this when this was brought to my attention, I was so dumbfounded i thought this was insanity <laughs> because i was given basically the keys to to a box and the box had the most like i what's the word for it i don't even know the box had the most just vile ludicrous shit <laughs> it, it's kind of like that scene in indiana jones and I'm a Nazi, and my face just got melted off. <laughs> Pretty much, honestly, it's 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 unbelievable to imagine. Like some of this. so, I mean, let's let's contextualize this discussion for anyone who already has some context. I think that was yeah. some of the baser definitions. For this discussion, we're gonna focus mainly on red, blue, and black pill. I can do a quick little breakdown for us, right? Uh, you ever seen the movie The Matrix? All right. Now, this is dude in The Matrix, Morpheus. He offers Neo, the protagonist, uh, two options, a blue pill and a red pill. Now, the blue pill is accepting fantasy in the movie. And for these incels, what that means basically is just an unquestionable acceptance of what they would consider normie media. Normie media just referring to all the mainstream media out there. What they would have to say about human relationships uh, and the dating scene. Red pill people. Now these, uh, these are the, uh, the ones with the third eye open, right? <laughs> they reject all that. Yeah, they reject all that mainstream shit. They, they're, they're counterculture. They're opposed to all of it. They think that it's just a big farce that's been put up that, that everyone who, who's buying into it is, a, is an idiot, a moron who doesn't know the truth. Right? Those are the two basic ones. It's, it's more than just them thinking that people are idiots. A lot of these, I would call them more benevolent red pillars and black pillars, they view people who are blue-pilled as not knowing any better because they've been conditioned through nurture. They've been conditioned to believe and accept these so-called fantasies in their perspective, right? So it's not that they're, you know, a bunch of idiots. It's that they're just people who are not adjusted to this alternate perspective. Exactly. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and 
And then comes the black pill. So uh, two for yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, there, I'm going to call this just that. a mutation of what the original idea of the red pill was. Which these people have, have kind of taken that whole idea that you were talking about. And they made it, for lack of a better term, right? They've taken it to the far extreme. And they've incorporated, like, ideas that... Mm-hmm. While they, in their communities and on their forums, will wholeheartedly defend as jokes and memes, um, but they 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 have made they have said things that are pretty outlandish, right? Uh, they they they've tried to say that, um, yeah, or they've tried to justify at least. I'm not gonna say that they're saying it's right, but they've tried to justify uh, sexual assault. They've tried to justify suicide uh, for people who are hopeless, as they would say it. Um, am I missing out on anything, or is that is that is that it? Can we say anything nice about these people? Like an actual definition would be, it's sort of a, a subculture of black pill is more focused on the incel part, since red pill and blue pill can be part of any political talk, or whatever. But red pill is more on how female desire is very inflexible. Like the females only want a certain like certain aspects or certain characteristics in men. And will de- completely deny any any man that does not have those, making the look for a partner for these incels basically a waste of time, impossible. That's the mentality they hold. That and what they what they consider to be the real reality. Exactly. That's the, and which is which is where the pill element comes in. Yeah. Red pilling is acceptance of that of the harsh reality, which is whatever we which we will get into shortly what the red pill doctrine is and blue pilling is just opting to whether or not live in blissful ignorance yeah they basically basically if you were to place them on a spectrum of hopefulness the blue pill would be all the way on the left as most hopeful red pill in the middle and then and then black pill all the way on the other extreme who they consider red pill they, they view red pillars the way red pillars view blue pillars almost mm-hmm. because of yeah, they, they, they think yeah. the red pill isn't a far enough step of acceptance yeah. it's it's exactly. it's just a coping mechanism of acceptance to clarify that a bit i've seen in multiple comment sections in a lot of these incel channels a lot of Black pillars view red pillars as incels in denial, right? So, so they look at red pillars who recognize that the reality of male and female relations, especially in a sexual context, is as, as such as the way Libya described. But red pillars have a bit of a more pragmatic approach. They think that through other means, they can achieve what these so-called chads, we should define chad once get to that but but they 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 believe that uh, all there are alternate ways to become a you know viable and successful individual within the sexual marketplace whereas incels red, black pillars look at red pillars and go no no if you don't if you if you don't fit in this typecast of of you know these chads you know then um then there really is no hope and any effort to say otherwise is just you trying to cope that you are so deep in denial that you know you can't face the the reality of it so let's 
Shall we get into the whole Chad, Stacy's, all that, all that stuff? Part of the vernacular within the incel community is they refer to men who are who they view as you know supremely attractive alpha males, the ones the ten percent who get ninety percent of the women, as they would say, right? They they call these men Chads. Okay, that's sort of like the the stereotype the stereotypical name that they give these these men. And so the women who go after these men, they call Stacy's, right? So these are high sexual market value women who, you know, they're attractive, they have they have a big social circle, and they're the ones who tend to pursue these chads. Okay. And then this is where, you know, the, the insult starts to lose me heavily. We get into the whole racial categories that go along with these uh, with these with these names right so a chad is is usually used to refer to a white male who's like you know alpha male attractive eight out of ten ten out of ten right and then you have tyrones who refer to the same type of men but you know they're black so they call them tyrones and then you have the abduls or the arab or middle eastern men who yeah who represent this this typecast right and then you have the Changs, who are the Asian men, the attractive Asian men. And I believe I'm missing one, but I think those are like the three or four main ones. Racialized element of this whole conversation is very bizarre. And I, at, later on, we're going to get into the, the conversation of how, of, how, of, of how we view the, these pill communities pushing their ideas and why we think the way we at least each of us individually feels about what they say um now but yeah and a big element of it stems from the racialization of a lot of this well something interesting that happens just regardless of whatever we're talking about with these people which i think is fascinating is their their ability to just take something that seems almost um innocent or normal like on its on its face value and just like completely twisted into something else right like Some, the whole uh, extreme mental gymnastics just so they don't go bettering to yourself you know exercising eating better all these things these no one in their right mind would tell you that that's a bad thing right but you take those ideologies and you take and you mix them in with all this other weirdly like negative racist i mean we're leaving it into some of the the issues they have with other like uh, other groups it's it's weird because they, they end up demonizing themselves in a way for no, for purely their own, I guess, self-interest because it benefits nobody and it only seems to hurt them in the long run. Okay, just just quick disclaimer. Uh, I was sort of the first to fall into this rabbit hole and boy, did I fall in, okay? So I know a lot more than I care to about this stuff. So sometimes I get a little, you know, off the rails with it. We should discuss kind of what these communities, what their manif. Oh, that seems a little grim. What their just ideologies are. I guess I'll put it that way. You know, what 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 they espouse, and what messages they're trying to put out there, and what their beliefs are on the world. Because they, these communities are broad and they're deep. And part of the issue for this, actually, we've we've pushed the recording day of this podcast a couple of times now because I think we all realized the more research we did the more research we could do. Mm-hmm. And it was seemingly endless. We had to kind of just reel ourselves in and say, okay, this is, 
it'll never be enough, but this is a good point to have a, a valuable discussion about all this yeah. because yeah. there is a lot to unpack here. You know, these people, these people discuss a lot of things and they feel very strongly about pretty much everything that they feel. <laughs> the blue pill is the easiest one, so I think we can just go right into that one just very quickly mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's it's pretty much what I think I think most people will realize if they do this type of reading, they are quote unquote blue pills, um, which is any uh, rational human being is a uh, blue pill. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, but basically, the blue pill just espouses the idea that you know romance is something that requires some degree of patience and all of the empty platitudes well they call them empty platitudes that people say in regards to romantic endeavors such as you know just be patient and the right woman will come along and the very fundamental elements of red pilling which is kind of odd that they consider that to be blue pilling like oh just work on yourself a little bit yeah you're you're decently attractive you know part of the part of it stems from the idea that blue pillars are not as good looking as they think they are which is part of what red pill acceptance is is accepting that you are not a seven or an eight you're probably closer to a five yeah and therefore you need to work more. black pills but... always just see these as you know coping mechanisms that uglier men you know make like or society puts on them like basically coping mechanisms for them to not accept the fact that they will never actually be able to get a woman and there's a a shit ton of videos online and I've watched at least two or three basically on the topic itself of how men would like ways that men cope with stuff like this and how uh, they say that you know it doesn't you don't have to be good looking to actually get any girl or you know just uh, ways that people say how uh, how working on your personality is not is not actually effective and how it's all about looks and these biological aspects of looks and these completely, I, which I think are reductionist review, like views of how a person's romantic life may actually be. They, the, the way they look at people is so biological, but I'm saying the way they view romance, and it's very obvious the way they talk about it, uh, it comes up a lot. It's, it's very transactional. You give and you take, right? It's all about the give and take in all aspects of the relationship. Not just the looks element, the resources, the status, the uh, accessibility to new experiences. It's all Which transactions. Which in and of itself is such a yeah. horrible way to look at things. It just is. You can't expect that in a relationship or in any sort, anything. I'm not even talking about uh, significant others. In any relationship that everything is going to be 100% equal that you're going to pay for something and you're going to get something. That's not how, that's not how humans work. That's how the world works. You sure you can go into a store and buy something, but you can't just walk up to a stranger, tell them, "Oh, I have X, Y, and Z," it, and then they'll just fully accept that. And just these people have, uh, and for, at least this is from where everything I've seen online. Whenever they describe their interactions with other people, women, men, whatever, they there is this sense of of just disbelief that I have. And when I say disbelief, that's exactly what I mean. I do not believe them. The way they view some of these uh, interactions is so inauthentic that these, they think that the way you stand has an effect on how someone will view you. Uh, and this is, this is not hyperbole. I have seen photos and things they have drawn up where they will take an actor like The Rock, big, strong Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and they will show a picture of him leaning next to an actress and say, that is the yeah, feminization of men. 
Oh my, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah when I've in reality, yeah. no one is ever paying attention to how much of a degree lean you've got going on. That's just not true. Oh, yeah. Or the fact that The Rock is like 6'4", <laughs> standing next to like... 6'4", bro, he's 6'6", 300, almost down okay. 300 pounds, standing next to... He's 6'6", six, six. so of course he's going to lean down because pictures can only fit so much of him in a frame. They're if, so if they try to... delusional, is what I'm yeah. saying. Right? Yeah, okay. Can I, can I... That has a term, by the way, within the red pill and black pill community. It's called framing, right? So... Oh my god. So a lot of these pickup artists, this is more in the red pill community. Uh a lot of these pickup artists and you know men who are trying to teach other men how to get women, uh they teach something called framing. And framing is basically how you frame an interaction physically. So that's where all this like bogus, you know, degree leaning shit comes into play, right? So to hold a uh, masculine frame as they say you got to stand up straight you, you got to you know with your shoulders back and you have to have it where the woman okay is the one leaning into you that way you're taking her into your frame so if you can take her into your frame you can basically dictate and control the interaction and where it goes and where it leads and while i let me play devil's advocate for a second okay there is a fair bit of research that shows that and, and not just research like you know it tacit knowledge that we all have where we know that as as a man and as a woman as a human being if you stand up with your back straight okay and you have good posture it does convey an aura of confidence you know not just to the people around you but to yourself as well and i don't think there's anything wrong with that right i mean i think it's a Besides all the physical benefits of, you know, maintaining a good posture, I mean, why not, you know? Why not maintain a, an, an aura of confidence, not, if not for other people, for yourself? But where these people take it to the other extreme is that if you do not conform, okay, to, the, to these literal lines, and I've seen, like, like Tufi said, they, yeah, they draw lines, like they'll take pictures, I, like these Twitter fucking these these red pill twitter accounts you know they'll take pictures of famous actors and actresses and they'll they'll start drawing these asinine fucking lines and like see uh you know dwayne johnson yeah, he's he's tilting 45 degrees to the left away from the woman and that is not a masculine frame you know yeah or then they and then they use like jason statham it's like yeah, Jason Statham is a man who's paid to just beat the shit out of people on screen. <laughs> exactly. It's like we all we all recognize Jason Statham, tough as fuck. Exactly. And they'll build these narratives of like, you see, because he is not holding a masculine frame, then he is severely hurting his chances of you know being viewed as an alpha male, right? Anyway, so th those are that's the red. I think I think we summarize the red pill and the blue pill, right? Blue pillars would look at that and go. I guess we're blue players, right? <laughs> we'd look at that and we'd go, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't think anyone, yeah, no one, I don't think women consciously look at you and start drawing lines in their head like, ah, a bit 45, too, too, too much to the left, you know? I wish he would just stand at a 90 degree angle a bit more. Maybe, maybe then I'd fuck him, you know? Like, and then red pillars go, they'll look at that and they'll go, no, this is implicit. Like, people don't, consciously think about that but it makes a difference 
Anyway, so that's the blue oh, pill, that's the red pill. pill. Now we, ladies and gentlemen, this is the after dark segment. <laughs> Yeah, this, this is, is this the, is the hazmat Please sanitize portion, before uh, entering and all... while exiting this uh, this section of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, please leave, yeah, keep I keep all appendages in. Goodbye. Let's get into it. Let's get into black pillars. I'll give a uh, a definition straight from the website incels.wiki. Oh, that place is a great resource by the way. I just to be uh, transparent with everybody, we're going to because when we started this, we said we were going to give them a fair shake. We really tried. We're going <laughs> to link down some some incel, um, some incel YouTubers and resources, as well as a Vice article that kind of gives a good timeline. We'll definitely place a lot of the cursory and initial sources of research that we used so that if you would like to conduct your own research and just see how we ended up at our conclusions, you can use our same starting point and uh, you know, take your way from there and come to your own conclusions yeah so the Libya. black pill is an internet philosophy that female sexual desire is very inflexible that women naturally select men based on looks rather than per personality and that women select men with the best genes thus the belief system is more than just a belief in women being mostly looking lookist lookist as in you know an is sort of racist uh, sexist lookist in dating, yeah. for black pillars, ugly or in genetically inferior men have no chance of getting laid without more or less tying women down to individual men, which here, which black pillars propose, which is basically saying that it is impossible for ugly men to have romantic relationships. Impossible, not saying that uh, there's anything to be done, saying that there's nothing that can be done, and that people who are genetically inferior can by themselves never get any woman. As the basic belief or philosophy behind black pill. A lot of their we can get into a lot of their justifications on this. I mean, like you like you very well said, Libya, they view this as something that is that they're being wronged, right? It's an injustice to them. That's why they take it so seriously. That's why they're so sedimentary in their beliefs. Because at the end of the day, they think they are owed this right to, to either a wife or, a, or some sort of familial life or just a sexual partner in some case. My favorite usage is uh, they are owed a right to cohabitation, mm. like, like, animals yeah. in, like animals in a zoo. And uh, they do try to, as far as, you know, when you go to the videos, they, they try to make their arguments as feasible as possible, you know, making references to some you know, established principles or laws that are, you know, found in, have previously established before in, like, scientific research, such as, I think the biggest one I've seen is something called Bateman's Law, or Bateman's something, Berfault's Law, Berfault's, something like that, where basically it says, one of them, one of them says that women are naturally hypergamous, is that the, right? Yeah, basically saying that women are always dating up, looking for the best mate possible. And uh, the other one is, uh, is, I think, something about how women will only associate with a man when they see that they can personally gain something from that man. Women are almost these yeah. gatekeepers. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's I, in, at least from the research that I conducted, that seemed to be the, the more, yeah. at least from the sources that I was going to, that seemed to be the law that they held higher.
Alright, and we will we will continue to define as things come up in the conversation um, that need to be defined. But I think in general these these people have, you know, they the evolution of the philosophy because I think the blue and red pill is how it started because those are the two pills from the Matrix. There are no other pills in the movies. I've seen all of them. There's only just a red and blue pill, and that's just one scene in the movie. It's not actually like the whole movie. The point is, is that, you know, as time has gone on and as the philosophy has evolved, more splinters have occurred with more and more pills coming into the, the fray and having their own variation on the overall philosophy. And so because of that, there's almost an antagonistic relationship amongst all the different pills. There's other ones. There's the purple pill, which the purple, mm -hmm. the purple pill is really antagonistic towards the black pill, but is so-so about the red pill because when you, you make purple by mixing red and blue, so it's supposed to be like some sort of hybridization of the two. And there's all the different pills. And so... Yeah. I, and they... Yeah, it's it's very interesting, and they all have their own unique philosophies, kind of, which, like we said, you know, it really made the research for this seem borderline endless, because you could just keep going and keep diving and seeing how these things interact and interplay with one another. But I think... Because this, get, this gets at the core of this whole black pill philosophy, right? Let's discuss this genetic determinism and, you know, biological determinism within within the, the black pill community, all right? And I'd like to I'd like to begin by talking about like facial symmetry and and the way that these people quantify facial attractiveness right so a lot of black pill youtubers you know you know figureheads within the community they love i mean they 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 have a they have a fetish for this right they love to invoke invoke science and they the, the what they really like to focus on the mathematical symmetry of an individual's face and the biological you know composition of an, a person's skull and how that determines how successful you'll be in 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 the dating world right so for incels they rate men and women but let's talk about men for now on a 1 to 10 scale and i think everyone remembers this 1 to 10 scale right i mean this is the this is classic you know, high school yeah, is she was yeah, the arbitrary, like, oh, yo, bro, she was an 8 out of 10, 9 out of You know, everyone, everyone's had a friend or engaged in, in this sort of behavior, right? Um, but they, they take this to the next level. They, they look at this as, you know, as like a, basically a piece of, of scientific literature that you can really, truly give someone a rating and that they, this rating is so rigid that they can't fall either below or above that rating, and that it doesn't change from one woman to the next, right? That all women will view male as a 8 out of 10 or a 7 out of 10 or a 6 out of 10, right? So to be more specific, let's talk about yeah. mandible size, okay? Could you explain what a mandible is? All right, so the mandible is like the bone that connects, it forms your jaw. It, 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 it that form, connector, form, the, the yeah, connector that yeah. connects your, your yeah. lower jaw to your skull. Exactly, right? So men who are deemed chads, attractive alpha males, they have a very pronounced mandible. So they have a very square jawline. 
okay? Like so square that, and, and a lot of these black pillars do this, that you can literally draw like a, a right angle, a 90 degree angle. So men who have a recessed jawline, men who, who have, you know, a, a small recessed chin or not a very pronounced mandible are automatically knocked down a couple of points. A massive amount. They, they, they will f fucking skewer anyone whose jaw does not protrude like uh yeah. what, what's you, you guys remember the the amazing chin from fairly odd parents the crimson chin the crimson chin thank you thank you that seems that seems to be the peak peak man in their mind if, if you don't fit that mold then you're knocked down a significant amount on this like arbitrary regardless scale of that they anything have. else in your okay. body if you have, if you have a completely fit body or whatever so i'm just going to run through like some of their grading criteria let's call it that so so we have jawline then you have the the brow region right so the how to what extent your your brow region the bone that protrudes out of your skull that forms your brow line to what extent that's noticeable so men who have a pronounced brow line okay are again deemed more attractive than men who don't. Then you have this phenomenon of the hunter eyes. Okay, <laughs> so hunter eyes are these really deep set, you know, piercing eyes that some people have, where you know they're not wide, they're not too far apart, they're not too close. They're they're perfectly set right at the in the middle of your skull. Okay, and they have this very intense. Uh, some would say intimidating look to them okay and again this is a big big factor that plays into your overall facial attractiveness for these people if i can just hop in just yeah, briefly yeah, you can yeah, continue but just yeah. just very briefly i do want to say for anyone who's trying to follow along and just paint an image in their head for what this type of i mean i think all of us at least the way you're describing it i'm just imagining the rawest looking caveman on the planet but in actuality, the man, the man that they're sort of trying to envision here, oddly enough, is uh, Henry Cavill uh, from Man of Steel. If you have not seen that movie, the the new Superman. Yeah. He yeah. he is pretty much the gold standard for what a man is in exactly, their mind, exactly. physically, because he's also, you know, Hedy will continue elaborating, but height and things like that come into it as well. Yeah. But yeah. facially, if you're just trying to envision a character here for this image. Henry Cavill is their kind of gold standard man in terms of the jawline, the brow, the eyes, everything exactly. he has described exactly. so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and for good, I mean, like, anyone with eyes... He's a, he's a, he's a beautiful eyes, man. Yeah, anyone with eyes can look at Henry Cavill and go, that's a fucking handsome <laughs> dude, you know? But, um, but, but ast um, asterisk, he has a dimple chin, and that is a big no-no for them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so we discussed mandibles, like jawline, we discussed brow ridge, we discussed hunter eyes, right? Then the next thing that they focus on, to a lesser extent, but it still factors in, is um, the, your, uh, the way that your, and I know this is going to sound ridiculous, right? But the way your skull is shaped. <laughs> so, so if you have a, an oval-shaped head or an oblong head, you know, and you don't have a, you know, uh, a Henry Cavill style shaped head, then again, you're knocked a few points down this attractiveness scale, right? So basically, facially, that's what these people are looking at.
that's what they use to quantify attractiveness. Then you have physical, um, like bodily traits, right? So you have a man's torso. So if you have wide shoulders, you have a small waist, you have thick wrists, you have big hands, you know, then again, you are, they, they look at you and they consider you a Chad, right? And probably the most important aspect of all of this that underscores this entire criteria, where some people would look at you, if, if you don't fit this, if you don't have this, then it's over for you, as they would say, is height. Yeah, height. So let's talk about height, right? I want to hear from you guys. Because I think everyone here, I think everyone, for, for the people listening, uh, we've been uh, blessed, for lack of a better term, to be pretty, pretty tall human beings, right? Okay, so I, th I was about to say, I think we should all preface this by saying uh, I, Kamel, I'm, I'm the shortest one in this conversation. I'm like, I'm about 181, which is 181 centimeters. So for our Western listeners, that's about 5'11ish, just under six foot. If I'm, a, if I'm on Tinder, it's six cool. foot. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. To them, in, in, to the red pill, black pill, to the, the pill community, the threshold is 180. If you are sub 180 or you have a 5 in your height, you are well. <laughs> you're, you're, you're at a severe disadvantage. 5'11 is acceptable to them? Exactly. Yeah, yeah they'll accept 5'11 because a 5'11 person, you know, if you carry yourself well and have broad enough shoulders, you'll look, you'll look 6 foot. If you're, if, to them, if you're 5'11, you better have a 9 out of 10 face, right? You better be fucking gorgeous. If you're, if, you're five, if you're anything under 6 foot, you better be, you know, like Superman. Which, this height thing is the one aspect of the whole incel community that it is in a way the hardest to go against because there are many women out, women out there who say that they will not date someone shorter than them, right? Or like people, or or they go on Inst or they go on Tinder and people have in their bio if you're under five eight don't message me, which you know will put some people will put anyone like that down, but that's not all women, which in their mind is just all women have this one perfect thing that they're looking for, and all women have the same standards for beauty or whatever, which is yeah. well a lot of the time that's what they'll do. That's what the, the and we'll get back to this over and over and over again. They'll take a, a seemingly normal and understood thing, something that even makes sense to a certain degree, and they'll just twist it. They'll make it seem like if you are less than six foot, if you are less than 180 centimeters, it becomes significantly harder. And that's just not true. No, there's no way to mince it. I, eventually, you will run out of people who are at that height. <laughs> and women will have to find someone who's a little bit shorter. Yeah, on top of the fact that... Okay, so... I'm just going to jump in here quickly and say, you know, I think fundamentally these guys have a very, very flawed and unhealthy view of human romantic interaction because I think they, they've they done, basically, the in the easiest way to put it, they just have thought about it a little too much. And they've reached a point now where they're basically just sort of confirming the realities that they so so desperately hate and are trying to resist in some capacity.
Well, there's this interesting thing you see, uh, especially when you're diving through the incel.me forums or any other forum site that they might be running into, right? You see this kind of negative feedback loop that happens where a story will pop up. Someone will post something saying they got rejected for X, Y, and Z reasons. They'll attribute it to their movement. And then you'll have a bunch of people agree with him and, and just reinforce that stereotype that their culture is correct, that their views are correct, that their, their ideologies on women and the dating scene are correct. And that's kind of the big reason we wanted to do this. We just wanted to highlight how destructive these people can be to themselves, right? There, there is this like weird thing that you see a lot of the time when you're just reading through these posts. And you, it doesn't take a, 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 a psychologist to see this, but you can see that you can sense there's something wrong with some of these people. And I don't want to say inherently that the insult community attracts people who are uh, more prone to mental illness. And when I say mental illness, I, I want to be very clear here. I'm not talking about major things. I'm talking about, they could be minor things, social anxiety disorder, agoraphobia is a big one that you see with a lot of these people that just negatively allows them to kind of live in this own world because if they don't seek help, then they'll never leave it. The answers, the answers provided by these communities are just enough of a band-aid to, to satiate some of these people's itches for these mental illness problems that they might be suffering from. On top of the fact that, as I read... Now, okay, I'm... And you guys can corroborate this, you guys know me in real life. You know, I'm not some fucking pussy slayer out here at the bars just, just running through the ladies, you know, just tearing up the town. So, and yet... I'd like to consider that I'm socialized enough to recognize when someone else is under-socialized. And by that I mean they are in the most literal sense of under-socialized. They do not have enough social experience to come to the conclusions that they have and they are struggling due to that. Just like if you're new to a sport or new to a, any activity, you will not be good at it initially. I was just going to say, you know, anything and anything can stunt your socialization at any point in your life, you know, be it where you live and the people around you are just dicks. So you live in a small community and the kids in your neighborhood are just assholes. So you became, you know, a lot more introverted and kind of steered away from that. And so now when you're older and are in a new environment where you can theoretically try and socialize again and restart and hone your abilities all over again, you don't, and at the first spurn or rejection of it, you lash out, you know? And rather than taking it as a constructive thing, I was reading uh, the letter that was, um, what, what's it called? I think it's like letter from a recovered incel or like a former incel or something like that. But basically he was a person who was a member of the community and left. And the reason they wrote the letter was because of the van attack in Toronto. Yeah. Because this was that was one of the made probably one of the most major attacks that became officially labeled as an incel attack. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> that in that letter, the person talks about basically this premise, which is what really made me start to think about the level of socialization that these people have. You know, like are they really just so under-socialized and they've managed to make their community so insular? Hey, you mentioned it, you know? Even if you try and help these people, you mentioned it in a conversation we've had about this, not on the recording, that, you know, when you try and help these people, 
they will resist it. They not even kicking and kicking, kicking and screaming is an understatement of if you were to try and quote unquote help these people. You know, they do not want to change. They want to change the world instead. It's almost as if like okay, they 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 have this whole concept of how you know blue pilled men or even red pilled men are just you know coping with the fact that they can't get women. But I feel like it's actually the other way around. These people are trying to cope with the fact that they can't get women by simply giving up, right? Because it is possible for... It's how... You know, I've seen all these videos with debates with, you know, game coaches or dating coaches where they try to debate and rebute all the points a dating coach may give a person, like how you may need to change the way you talk, how you need to change the way you walk, you need to change the haircut, make yourself look better, lose weight. Now they say all these don't make a difference because they've tried them. And I feel like to actually understand, you have to see how these people try. Because a pickup line does not work as a line by itself. You, you, can, you, you need uh, a proper context and a proper delivery of it. So if, if someone just says this pickup line did not work for me, it's just, it, it most likely is that you did not use for it your properly. your audience, man. Some girls just don't like pickup lines. Some girls yeah. would rather, if, if a girl is in the mindset and she's open to the idea of being approached by a man in, in a flirtatious manner, maybe she's just not into cheesy pickup lines. Some girls are. Some girls are like, oh yeah, cheesy pickup lines, you know, they make me laugh and stuff. I enjoy that. And it's a good way to, you know, initiate the conversation exactly. for, for her. Knowing your audience is a big thing. All women are not the same, basically. They're not these other creatures that operate on a single a line mind. looking for one specific thing. So Join us. Yeah. <laughs> Join us. <laughs> yeah, and, and um, here's another thing. like Building off of that, if you give these people any evidence, real-life evidence, uh, like a real-life example of a male that they would deem uh, supremely unattractive, right? male that they, they view as sub 6 out of 10, okay, which is like the cutoff point, okay? And you tell them, you see this guy? This guy has been with X amount of women, and I've seen it with my own eyes. They'll go, okay, he's an outlier. You give him another example, they'll say he's an outlier too. And you bring him another, like, it, there's no shortage of people that, like, uh, on these forums that, that, <laughs> Endless outliers. That's an outlier. That's an outlier. That's an outlier. That's an outlier. And it's like, okay, okay. If all these people are outliers, okay, what makes you different than them? You could be outliers. Too. Live the life of an outlier, yeah. bro. And something yeah. sick. Something, yeah. Fucking sick. And something that Libya said about how they almost take comfort, right, in this this just wallowing in self pity. Okay, they they, they thrive on it. And I, to an extent, I understand why, okay? Because I think everyone here is period in their life, all right, where it's almost comforting to give up. Like, because having hope and trying and failing and trying again, one of the scariest things in the world, like getting up off your ass and choosing to, you know, take on responsibility and try to make your is a terrifying prospect for a lot of people, myself and some point you know so to me i would usually give myself all these excuses as to why it doesn't matter this or try that it's just not going to work and i should just accept my circumstances be on my merry way you know try to cope with it is because it's comforting it's like this cradling 
bittersweet feeling that you get. You know, it's like, well, I guess I don't have to try anymore, right? Like, this is the way it is. Women only want chads. I'm a sub six out of ten. Uh, I'm five foot six. I'm, you know, and it's like, I think we can get into like why we feel the black belt community is harmful because that is just one example of the many pathologies, I'm going to call it, that these people suffer from. Yeah, and that's the big problem with these echo chambers that exist online is it's so easy for them to just keep the cycle going. There's yeah, no information bias. And it's interesting that There's... they... Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I keep going. I was going to say, it's interesting that they don't even see the, the hypocrisy in their own group because they love to shit on pickup artistry. Like, black pillars. Red pillars obviously buy into pickup game and pickup artistry because they're, to some extent, still believing in the self-improvement mantra as opposed to black pillars who have just conceded wholly. And um, what black pillars main... One of their main, you know, detractions away from pickup game and pickup artistry is... Which I think, I'm just going to put this out there, you know, I think pickup artistry is kind of a joke. Like, I think it's a repackaging of the same shit that all these people are. It is dangerous. Not, not for the perspective of, like, when, I'm sure there are some creeps yeah. out there who will take it too far. Okay. But for, for you as a male to engage in pickup artistry, especially these days, it's like you're really playing with, you know, you're really looking for an allegation. Okay. Listen, man, just read, just read a book and then try and talk to someone about it. Eventually, you'll find someone who wants to talk to you about it. And it's about the same number of attempts and try and trial and error as pickup artistry is. What I was going to say was, you know, they shit on pickup artistry because they say, oh, the people who stay in pickup artistry are the losers who are hopeless. And, you know, the attractive men obviously get into pickup artistry and then just get right out because that's really, they just needed like the slightest, you know, nudge in the right direction to get themselves laid. They were already high status or attractive they just didn't know how to project it um but like any pickup line would work on for them and they don't see that that's yeah. probably the same type of bullshit that's existing within their own community it's like you don't think that maybe yeah. the health i can't believe i'm going to say this statement the healthy black pillars have left but mm -hmm. the really toxic fucked up ones are the ones who are sticking around and just unable mm -hmm. to leave this you know, the sad little womb that they've created for themselves. I don't know. It's it's that that, yeah. that was something. It's it, it really that that showed me yeah. a lot of cognitive bias and cognitive dissonance within this yeah. group when I when I heard them say this line with such a smug sense of self satisfaction yeah. about like oh ho, ho, look at these fucking loser pick up oh, damn it <laughs> look at these loser pickup artists yeah. you know. It's sort of them. You know, I feel like. The whole point of blackpilling, or like you know, the the whole behind the you know the quote unquote move, <clears throat> movement is they almost want to feel better about themselves, and to do that, they're trying to look down on people who were in the, their previous position, right? So it's, it's almost you know seeing how those people who were in their previous disposition and saying you know oh I I know what that feels like and yeah that's not gonna work and whatever you know I'm sort of in a I don't care anymore, so I can laugh at it, sort of thing. And it's, it's a pity it's, party, no. And it's it's it's, it's no, it's, it's just fucked up too. Because help, listen, it's like, a I'm, I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw this out there and say it's sure absolutely fucked up. Because here's why, okay? I it's was sad. I was reading about different like moral philosophies, and in within one of these moral philosophies, I guess I should elaborate. Like I'm like a political science and philosophy student 
graduate, blah, blah, blah. So um, in one of the readings, we discussed the idea that um, it's a, the true measure of a good person is not a person who makes, who looks, who looks at those coming after them and thinks, well, if I suffered, they should have to suffer too, as opposed to, well, if I suffered, no one else should have to. And who takes steps in what direction? That's the real measure of what the the morality of a philosophy was. Their way of you know how do you measure how good or bad inherently a philosophy is? And you just look at to me. I when I read that, I it became so much easier for me to to think about this because no, these people, the red pillars, are to some extent unhealthy, and we'll discuss that shortly. But the black pillars are unhealthy in the rawest sense of the of the definition purely because they are suffering and they not they want nothing else but for everyone else to suffer as much as they have yeah so i'd like to ask like each of you what do you think is the if you had to choose what is the most unhealthy or destructive aspect of the black pill so does anyone want to go on? I, um, from what I had seen online, and this became the biggest problem for me, I think, because it, it was so blatant. Uh, it was all the, um, the very obvious memes about, uh, how, how, um, if you are under a certain threshold, if you do, not, if you don't meet their certain requirements, then it would be fine for you not to be alive anymore. And the frequency at which I saw those, I think is what troubled me the most and everything I had seen uh, around that. Right. Because it's fine. I think if you're going to make a joke one time, twice, three times, you know, it's maybe an inside joke in the community. I don't think it's healthy to joke about suicide personally, but you might personally not. That's fine. But second thing is just there, the frequency is what bothered me. And the fact that once I looked into some of the uh, stories of people who uh, moderated incel chat rooms, I came across the story of this man, we're just going to use his first name, Zach, who um, really, really, really tried to defend the fact that these, uh, these images and these things were shared on his chat room. And then very tragically... Four of the members of the chat room committed suicide. But it goes to show that Which is maybe horrible. this is not as is. innocent and innocuous yeah. and humorous as these yeah. people may take it, you know? I think on we could... Face... On face value, on face value, it, I thought it was such a joke, right? On face value, I was like, oh, this is fine. And then I read about the attacks on people. And then I read about... And then I saw that with my own eyes, right? And then I read that story about Zach, and it broke my heart because he's a person. I mean, he's a person in that situation that's probably going to be stuck in that situation for a while. I mean, his fate seems almost sealed if he doesn't do anything to change his attitude or his lifestyle. You'd like to hope that people can grow And you don't and want to see that happen to anybody, regardless of their views, regardless of what they think. Yeah. So what do you think, Kamel? We think is the most destructive element. 
And by the way, Mustafa, by the way, like, it is. I know exactly it is. No, it is. About. Absolutely. And like, I think we can is, all say that we saw a lot of the imagery that you're talking about, you know? And if you do, anyone listening who does intend on doing their own research, you know, I this is why we said at the beginning of this, like, caution, black tape area. Like, listen, these people are very much mentally I, I don't want to say not all there but they're definitely a little bit more unhinged than your average civilian that you'll just bump into on the street and therefore the just like a, the style of I was gonna say the style of discourse the way the discourse is conducted and just like a, the imagery present sorry, and discussions you and discussion methods used throughout this whole community can be very challenging I think for a lot of people who may not be familiar with such for lack of a better word just toxic in interactions and communities, you know, if you're used to communities and forums and things like that that are more encouraging and supportive of one another and challenging in a more healthy way, then this may be a big, big shock to you. There exists this old adage of if you are in the ocean, if you are swimming, right, and somebody is drowning and you cannot save them, then you must choose to let them drown because all they will do is pull you down with them. Now, that's good life advice, sure, but you can see it very clearly that these people do not want help and they will just drag you down Yeah, if they see, into you, see you trying to challenge them, them, this happened to me. I tried to challenge have to be very some ideas on Reddit. Because... Um, and no, no, no. They will, if they see you trying to change their mind, they will take that as an opportunity to indoctrinate a new person. Sorry, indoctrinate is too, too loaded of a word. They'll try to sell you. They'll try to sell you on their philosophies. They'll think, no, 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 sir, you're, you misunderstand. Here's, here's how it is. And the thing is, a lot of these people, like going to the point of, you know, trying to indoctrinate, to be part of that group, you'd have to have been one of the people, like you, you would have seen all this shit that we're seeing right now. And if you if you also buy into it, you probably would have seen way more. So you know what things to say to people to make it sound more plausible. And if, if you're just having a random discussion with someone online, you would not be as prepared as they are if they're in that situation. So a lot of what they may initially say may be like, wait, how can I refute this though? Like, how can I refute this or uh, give this a proper rebuttal? Which you wouldn't really be as prepared as they would. Like, they, they know what you're probably going to say and what they can say back, right? Because they, they've, they've seen all the videos. They know all the, the common data that's been that's used between them. And it's, I don't know, it always feels... Like, it's yeah. impossible to have an so, actual proper discourse uh, with them. I just jump in a bit and uh, say what I think is the most unhealthy, I would even say destructive element of the Black Bull community, is the cognitive bias. The thing about cognitive bias is that what makes it extra dangerous, not just within the inside Black Bull community, but in any echo chamber out there, right? even in the political sphere. Like, we see it all the time, you know, in, in bipartisan issues in the U.S., for example, is that there will always be, especially now with the advent of the Internet, there will always be a wealth of resources that you can go to to confirm your 
preconceived biases. Okay? And when it comes to a philosophy as dark and as, you know, nihilistic as, as the black pill, that is a very, very terrifying thing to think about. Because a lot of these people, and I'm sure some of them are, you know, adults, but a lot of members of the black pill community are, you know, teenagers, adolescents, people who are just starting to make sense of their, you know, position in this world, who are just, who are confused, you know, hormones raging, they're trying to understand themselves, the world around them, and the society around them. So they're already very highly impressionable. And so when you expose them to this rapidly growing internet subculture, whether it be forums, you know, or, or YouTube channels, or you name it, chat room, okay? And you, you, you crowd yourself around people who are so entrenched within their cognitive biases that they can, like, it's like clockwork, you know? They will mouth ridiculous study they can think of, you know? Um, you really put yourself in danger of being, and I'll say it, being indoctrinated. I know you think it's a loaded word, but I think that, I, I, I truly think that these kids, you know, these, these young men are being indoctrinated into this philosophy. And it's because it's just so easy to confirm your biases. You know, it's so easy. It's, it's now more than ever in, in the history of human society. Like, it is the easiest way. Like, has there ever been a time in this where you can literally, at the click of your fingers, okay, search up tons and tons of articles and, and studies and resources for and against a topic, okay? Basically, every topic you can think of is going to be an argument. argument. And depending on where you fall, okay, on which side of the fence you fall on, you sources to support that. And when it comes to a toxic uh, ideology like the black pill, I just think that is very, very uh, dangerous to think about. And I think that, man, like, to, like Mustafa said, like, it, it gets heartbreaking because these are kids, man. Some of these, these, some of these people who kill themselves, who take their lives, they really do, you know, they really could have benefited from someone in their lives telling them like, hey, look, I know what these people are saying seems like it makes a lot okay, but you have to understand that it only makes so much sense because A, B, C, D, you know? To sit down with them and explain to them why, because of their own cognitive biases, they're going to look at this information and, and take it as fact, you know? And yeah... It's just a very dangerous echo chamber to be locked in. Yeah. There's also, like, what I find the most dangerous is how is the absoluteness of it all. How these people dig, like, dig them, dig themselves a hole, like, dig themselves into a hole, and then just cover the top so that they see no, they, they see no light. It's just them inside this deep, dark hole that they see no exit out of. It's how, you know, a lot of, it seems so, like there's no, 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 
like seeing how these people talk about things makes me actually feel trapped like i'm trying to like because I'm, I'm trying to think from their perspective and it's just Fuck always yeah, feels man. like there's no exit there's yeah. no proper solution to all this and if there's someone and if, if if as we said there's someone who actually completely believes into this and sees no other option in life it will always yeah, end I always, you know there's what? no I, proper way for this to end properly like you like you said you know this whole when you're reading this you find yourself being sucked into that deep dark hole and it is it's almost a chilling feeling that you get you know when you think the when you try to think the way they think like look i you know you know i've had i've had success in in the dating world and i'm in a happy relationship now and as a person who is in a relationship who's you know never had an issue with women and dating I found myself going like, God damn, if, this, if the shit they're saying is true, then like, you know, I wonder where I fall on this, on, on, on this spectrum and where my position is in all of this, you know, and you start to doubt yourself and you got to catch yourself really quick because if you spend enough time within these, you know, communities yeah. at a certain point, you, really you start to think I think like I think it's brilliant, you know, you, what you said perfectly, point, and you I really got to catch transitions yourself, to you what know? I wanted, what I would consider to be their most dangerous element, which I think is very easy to say that just the bait and switch style with which they talk, you know, <clears throat> they will use plenty of, we, we mentioned it earlier, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll use all this real research and observational science and sociology and psychology and then they will very sneakily and you can tell when you read their their materials or watch their videos or whatever have you guys noticed in a lot of the videos there'll be flashes of faces yeah yeah you know it's weird shit like this that i that's where i'm like yeah okay these people are clearly are very aware of the fact that that they are just trying to almost con you into their mentality because they know that unless you're truly as ill as they are, and I don't mean ill, like, yeah, I'm the illest, you know, um, then it's going to be a problem. Like, it's they, they will very quickly fool someone who is in a much more impressionable, maybe darker place in their life looking for answers, and these things will very easily fit their answers like a glove because... The information in it, to a degree, is sound, you know? The science that's there and everything isn't the most heinous information ever. It's it's all real things, you know? It's all real science, real data, real research. But then they'll warp it and, and bastardize it to sell you their narrative. And their narrative is and a, a dangerous one, you know? They're, they, they espouse some pretty toxic things for people that I wouldn't recommend at all anyone agree with. Yeah. And you see that a lot in their videos too. Yeah. People like, you want yeah. to start naming some channels? And you see that a lot um, in their videos too. Okay, so I guess, like, well, I mean, these channels are going to be named anyways channels? because this was our research, oh, no. so if you're going to follow along with us. Uh, the big ones, there is uh, Face and LMS, and uh, LMS, LMS stands for... Um, What's, money status. Yeah, looks money status, which are in their mind, and it's a key element looks of the black status. pill philosophy. Uh, you know, the looks of your money, what, what you look like, how much money you earn, and your 
social status and you know overall power, like swinging power, you know, as an individual in society. Social. That's the hierarchy. Yeah, it's the of values thing. Of yeah. Yeah, so, so your looks dictate That's the most, the and then how much money you have, and then your status. That they, that they, and that actually ties into beautifully with the racialized element, because Face LMS, the absolute civil rights legend, um, <laughs> proclaims that uh, two, two men, a white man and an Asian man, of equal attractiveness, um, will need... The, the Asian man will need to earn $214,000 more than his Caucasian counterpart to, to justify his race. I don't know if that's the exact terminology he used, but goddamn did it not feel like that's the way he was implying it. Like, yeah, you're Asian, you're an Asian man, therefore you need to earn $215,000 more than this white guy for you to be considered sexually viable in the sexual marketplace. Yep. Yeah, the white superiority element is is big and it's it's kind of weird, you know? You definitely see I don't want to I don't want to throw this word around loosely, but you see some some loose loose inklings of Nazism thrown around in their in their philosophies, you know? The it's very pseudo white supremacist pseudo like the the focus on racialization and the value that racial race places on an individual before anything else is what really is bizarre to me they're they're very they're very appalled i, I want to make a distinction because i don't want to misrepresent these people for all their problems okay it's not so much, I'm sure there's white supremacists sprinkled in, in within the communities, but for a lot of these people, it's not so much that they are themselves, you know, white supremacists, it's that they're apologists for yeah, what you would they, call they provide you the justification, the biological uh, justification for right? why white supremacy is the correct mode. Exactly. Yeah, they're like the Uncle Toms of you know, they're very, un they're very Uncle Tomish, if you may. Yeah. yeah. Tufi, go ahead. <laughs> well, while you think that the, there's also uh, like this whole black pill thing is not just like what honestly when i imagine a black pillar just in most you know internet scenarios i imagine a like an a white dude right but there is a very large portion of them that are people especially like indians indian people especially in shit like yeah sub like stuff like subreddits like uh, the there used to be a subreddit called uh yeah the brain cell subreddit and apparently most like there's a large portion of those people were asians and indians and they, you know, they, they spoke a lot on the on the uh, on how Asian Indian. Yeah, and they will bombard you with these like weird on the street you know, YouTube videos. Like in the midst of, if you're watching a YouTube video explaining, there's a series, WAW, uh, What Attracts Women. I would caution you to be prepared to lobotomize yourself after watching this. 
Um, wow. This what attracts the what attracts women series is supposed to be this very very in depth like it's one point one one point two one point three so on and so forth because he keeps having to reboot it because I don't know he keeps going on different medications, um, and uh, that was a little bit of a loaded stance but goddamn it I'm sorry I watched too much of this stuff to like not have an opinion on it like a strong opinion on it, and um, in it they talk about how white men go after Asian women because they get rejected by feminist white women and therefore they go to Southeast Asia and stuff like that to get women because they know it's easy mode not because there's a disgusting issue of fetishization of different cultures and races but because they know they think it's easy mode as a white guy to go just to India or or China or Indonesia or wherever and just bag you a white girl or bag you and bag you a, a, a like a girl from the local co- community. Well, it's yeah. Precise, yeah. The the way they view it is Southeast Asia, I Thailand, mean, Indonesia, Southeast Philippines. Because they don't want to, they don't want to talk. Yeah, they don't want band where our culture is very instant. You know, if as a white man, in actuality being able to date within these countries. No, so they just, they just gloss over it. They'll, they'll, you know? they'll bombard so you with the average height of a Filipino man as opposed to a white man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have this interesting idea that they'll go to a country where they don't speak the language, don't know any of the cultural norms or how anything happens, and they'll just find a woman who will fall head over heels for them. Well, yeah. Because why? Well, look, to their credit, the whole the Southeast Asia example is actually a very good example because countries like Thailand, well, it's mainly when they say Southeast Asia, they're almost, you know, specifically referring to Thailand because Thailand has a and seedy and sort of gross history of these white aristocratic males, usually from, you know, the UK going over there and using their money and their status to yeah and, and the local know, prostitution scene if we can play put it bluntly uh, is a uh, all ages right? experience uh-huh. I no I think I think that's a part yeah, of this there's a there's a part of this that, that I was reading uh, oh, you yeah. can finish your point and I'll bring it up afterwards but there's a there's a weird creepy part of this that I want to touch on Yeah. Oh, yeah. What I was going to say is that in Thailand, there is the culture, and unfortunately, or fortunately, whichever way you, uh, Thai women do actually, in, in a sense, I don't want to say fetishize white men, but they do have a, a degree of reverence towards white men, right? And I think that's a very, so a bunch of psychosocial reasons behind that. But what these people do, like face MN, what these incels do, is that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. They, they go, white men are super successful in the dating market in Southeast okay? And they completely gloss over the fact that the reason why they're successful on the surface is because they pay for these things, right? 
because prostitution in Bangkok, in Thailand, is, I don't know if it's legal, but it's highly, you know, out there in the open, right? Okay? So then a bunch of these incels start to go, you know, I'm booking my ticket to Thailand. And then they sort of start, you know, they, they, they go and they get these experiences. They're like, wow, it really was that easy. They come back to these forums and they go, yeah, Thailand, man, that's the place to go. You know, completely, yeah, easy mode, completely ignoring the fact that the reason is because they talk, you know, it's because someone incel and I don't know what said, uh, guys, let's go to Thailand. Way to, way, way to go shopping. And they go and they <laughs> yeah. find success with prostitutes, which is like, okay, yeah, you know, yeah, anyway, that was, go ahead. There is also an aspect of, you know, in some East Asian countries like Korea and Japan, where there is a, yeah. some certain people have like a fetish for Western. A fetish. Culture. But that's basically what it is. It's, it's a fetish. It's like, it's, it's not something that you can, you know, just. Yeah, of know? course. None of, none of us are yeah. like, none of well, us human beings like novelty. really <laughs> indulge in the dating I scene. I think we've all seen this back in felt Egypt, you know, a little too close to home, literally, like these women talk, act, behave, dress, think like the females who I don't sexualize remotely. Yeah. So it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And and more than that, and more than that, like in school we would see moments, you know, the, the white foreign exchange student, you know, shows up and then he's like, you know, to, to use their grading scale, he's like a 5, 6 out of 10 at most, right? Nothing special, okay? But the, the women just, and they lose it. They go crazy. The girls go crazy. Oh, look, he's got blue eyes. He's blonde. He's white, you know? And it's, yeah, it's different. And you see this everywhere. If you come to the West, certain places in the West, they like the dark skin, you know, the curly hair, the, the more, you know, Middle Eastern looks or the more, yeah, North African looks, or, you know, sometimes they even fetishize, you know, black men and black women. Like, it's, it's about novelty, but if you, everywhere you go, okay, in the world, if you see, by and large, okay, the, the, the percentage of the population engaged, okay, and you see what race or ethnicity they're on. You know what I mean? Like, okay. What I'm saying is yeah. that um, if you look at the statistics, okay, or even if you just walk around and you see the people of this country, you know, or region that you're talking about are in a sexual or romantic relationship with someone foreign, it's way less than the ones who are in a relationship with, one, uh, with someone of their own, you know, race, nationality, ethnicity. By and large, people settle for or are, you know, more comfortable with being with some of their own culture. Yeah. So it's like, okay, man, like, okay, the white man, you know, is now, the most desirable. one object. creepy thing that I saw about this uh, okay. was on, uh, I need to find this guy's forum. <laughs> the guy's name is The Rational Male. If you want to look up this guy's site, The Rational Male. Oh, Rolo Tomasi, right? That's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomasi, Tomasi rule number six. 
Our girlfriends, our wives, daughters, and even our mothers are all incapable of this idealized love, of like what the male idealized love is. As nice as it would be to, to relax, trust, and be vulnerable, upfront, rational, and open, the great abyss is still the lack of an ability for women to love men as men would like them to. For the plugged-in beta, this aspect of awakening is very difficult to confront. Even in the face of constant, often traumatic controversies to what a man hopes will be his reward for living up to qualifying for a woman's love and intimacy, he'll still hold on to that Disney-esque ideal. Our, it's very important to understand that this love archetype is an artifact from our earliest feminized conditioning. In case anyone was wondering why reading this stuff can be very mentally taxing, this was, that was just a direct quote. I was reading directly from his site. There's another segment as well that I would like to read to you guys from that was in the same sub-thread about this, which is about love and relationships. There are only two types of man love, which sounds super homoerotic. There are only two types of man love our brain is wired for. One, the love you got, wanted to get, hoped for, maybe experienced from your mother, which the hilarity in that whole string of words is tremendous. Um... As a child, from your mother as a child. That's a key kind of emotional connection to the female. And as much as that sounds fucked up, it's the type of connection most men are trying to find again in their adult life from a girlfriend slash wife. Seriously consider this. Look at the few bullet points above. What kind of love is that? Let's not judge it. Just look at it objectively. That's how most men view love. They don't think about it consciously, but that's the love they got to experience as a child. Here's some news. No girl will ever love you like your mom did. Before we get a bit more into that, let's look at the other type of man love our brain has wiring for. The love a father has for his daughter. Again, we have to remove the incestuous, sexualized, weird bits of it and just look at the emotional components that drive the type of interaction, expectation, dependence, and outcome. How does a father love his daughter? Giving emotional validation to the child. Rationing trust with having hand control. Providing support. Molding her in his image. Giving approval as long as the child does it as it is supposed to. Compare these bullets to the ones above. How do you feel about that? Take out the mother-daughter thing. Just look at the giving and taking ratios. Look at where the control lies. There is always control in a relationship. Question is just, who has it? There is no other emotional romantic connection wiring in our brain. It's either seeking the love you got from your mother as a child or creating the love you get from your offspring. What the fuck are you talking about? This is, this is where I think that these people have a problem. Their fundamentally flawed perception of romance and interaction with women stems from an under-socialization. Who interacts with women and walks away from all their interactions with women as, oh man, that's my daughter or that's my mom? Oh my god. Oh. Yeah, that's so unbelievably unhealthy to view your interactions with women as falling under one of two brackets. Either she, I suckle at her teeth, or I will raise her in my image. What is this? Like, dude, just, just, like, I think part of the issue is, I bet if you ask any, how come, you know what's interesting? I never see incel discussions about platonic interactions. No, they, they, say, they, they, they say those can't exist. They're just three FC, those cannot exist. Exactly, which is like, I, so what, what, about, inter, what about gay women? <laughs> Can I not yeah. like if what if, um, 
this goes back this goes back to my under, under socialization not to say that if they were more socialized that would solve all these problems but just that i feel like so many of these problems stem from an inherent lack of social exposure in a natural and healthy environment they view it in this stilted ass transactional manner so every they like it must be so exhausting you know like i i suffer from my own mental health issues that cause me to suffer from issues where i do feel oftentimes as though an extended amount of interaction and social engagement does drain me you know but that doesn't mean that i view people as vampires i recognize that that's within my own head and that interacting with people is not as draining as my own body perceives it but just that's just how it is and yeah. i'm socialized enough to recognize the healthy relationships in my life that don't do that you my close friends my partner you know my family my everything like that but these people just have such a lack of socialization in a just a free sense without having to think about all this my posture they refuse what, to accept can, the can, can they see they, the curvature of my jaw or they could be the problem. They i gotta, I gotta get the compass out real quick and make sure my jaw is uh, looking good today otherwise i'm not hitting the bars guys sorry my the color of your skin your height the things that are predetermined that you cannot really change unless you had major some sort of plastic surgery maybe add like an extra extra foot or something you know put like yeah. someone else's head on cope, your head cope a rope bro just cope a rope yeah, we'll we'll quickly yeah we'll define that real quickly. Just you know, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. You have one of two options: you either cope with the terrible reality that you are faced with, or you you find the noose and you end your life. And they do not mince words, as Tufi said. They do not mince words. Kill yourself. That's what they I want. use those words with the seriousness that they need to be used. <laughs> yeah, they because yeah. I mean, look, since we entered into the uh, topic of, uh, you know, creepy shit that... Uh, yeah, so, so yeah, to, you, you heard all that stuff just to illustrate, you know, their perception of women and romance. Yeah. One, I'm going to give another example of the, you know, the, some of the thought processes they go, thought processes they go through. And this may not, you know, exactly forward the conversation, but I just want to give another example. In one of these videos... They talked about how it is better for men to date younger women, since younger women are, are not as is not as bitter romantically because they have not interacted with men or broken up with them, and women are always craving for that first love that they that they, you know that they can have, and because these younger women are pure and they've never had that before, they make better romantic partners. Thank you for pointing that out. Thank you for bringing that up. I didn't see the specific video you're talking about, but that brings up a brilliant point about something that I discussed when I was talking about all this stuff with, uh, with my girlfriend. We talked about how women get affected by all this red pill shit. And we were on the red pill women subreddit, if you could believe that's a thing. And the Red Pill Women subreddit is exactly that. Red-pilled women. And they, their interpretation of the message is very, very unhealthy. Because when Red Pill men are 
resentful. They're resentful towards women and the environment around them. And it's, as we kind of touched upon, it's sort of a means to push away the blame from being wholly on you to being partially on you. You're, you're willing to pretend like you're going to accept blame for how you've been unsuccessful romantically because you don't go to the gym and you don't work on yourself and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, you're not actually, you know, doing anything. You're just on forums talking shit. Um, but when a woman, when a woman reads this, she then will alter how she acts as a woman because she is the prize in this endeavor. And so what my girlfriend and I found was that if anyone listening has heard of the trad wife, like trad being short for traditional, trad wife movement, it's very similar. Red pill women and trad wife are two internet subcultures that seem very, like they're sister sister ideas yeah they're very aligned in their beliefs with some variances on how they got to their conclusions but at the end of the day they just become these they view women as needing to be these submissive uh secondary creatures to a man's existence as like a purely a support figure you know you need to be submissive and we saw a post where this one woman felt tremendous amounts of shame because she had had two sexual partners prior to her fiance and she felt awful and like everyone on the forum echoed my girlfriend and my sentiment of like lady chill <laughs> even your even and she even says it in the post my fiance had pro- had a problem with it but he has since told me and i want to believe that he truly doesn't care anymore he had a problem with it first now he doesn't and he's cool with it and everyone is like listen if this guy is going to be your husband a big part of taking that leap from boyfriend to husband is the recognition of if he tells you something you've got to believe him you've got to trust him and um you know so there is some level of support and comfort and healthiness but i feel like it's the healthiness is stemming like it's you know you know that you know that old game that kids play where they'll like Mm -hmm. push you and then catch you right away and be like oh i saved your life yeah. It feels like a variant on that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, look, man, just to wrap my... Because I think we have to wrap this up pretty soon. <coughs> yeah. Rip two feet, yeah. I just want to say, like, the funny thing about these red pillars, black pillars, whatever you want to say, right? They like to, they like, red pillars, black pillars like to look at love as purely biological, very transactional, nothing more women being hypergamous, a male who exhibits the best gene to pass on to their offspring, males looking for who exhibit the ideal genes to pass on to their offspring. And all that, like, romantic companionship, all that is sexist, okay? And they like to invoke the example of the animal kingdom, right? The male lion, you know, which is the female, he mates for a couple of minutes, and then done, right? He goes to another one, and, you know, affection, any of that. And animals are purely just instinct-driven. Okay. Cool. So there's no such thing as companionship, you know, compassionate love. 
All right. So then, how do you explain animals, wild animals, and we see this all who form these unbreakable bonds with not just each other, but with humans? And like, I'm talking about bonds of like nothing. Like you, there's no other explanation. This 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 creature just look at look at any of the evidence of like the the, gal- the people person. who are because like they're not providing protectors. them with. They're not providing them with shelter. They're wild animals. They can do that for themselves. But the minute they see them, they, they bum-rush this person. So, like... Countless examples of people like Jane Goodall. Exactly. That's what I was thinking in my head. Like, Coco the gorilla and all these, you know, all these animals. When they, when they release these animals wild and they've already acclimated to their natural habitat and they visit them, like... A decade later, they still recognize them and they still approach them with the same level of affection. I mean, so if love is just all transaction, all just kind of, you know, companionship that can be found. You can only hope for finding a woman who gives you the same love as your then then and you want to invoke biology, then here I am, I just invoked biology. And even within the animal kingdom, there is this X fact, you know. There is this, this, this thing. I don't want to get too, you know, hippie with it, but there really is something. Without getting hippie into it at all, bro, you see it all the time. Animals imprint on other animals. It's so common. Yeah, and, and again, there's no, it's not like one size. The entire, you know, every species on this planet with a broad brush. Some animals, yeah, boom, boom, and then chow. And then other animals, they mate for life. You know? It's like, okay. I think, okay. I, I think it's the level of reductionism that we see within this community and the broad strokes that they'd like to opt to, to view the world with that ends up creating so many of their problems and inconsistencies. You just can't. The world, especially the world of like affection and romance and things like that, is such an unhinged and unfiltered world to try and view it so blankly and with such broad strokes as we see within this community and we have seen based off of our research and things like that mm-hmm. it's almost no wonder they view the world like this if you if you're willing to give into the premise because that's that's all philosophy really comes down to is how 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 willing are you to to buy into this premise if you're willing to buy into it then you'll buy into more and more and the yeah. and so i think to to look at love and romance the way they do will no no doubt lead you down this awful, bleak, lonely rabbit hole that they end up finding themselves in and then, you know one one can just hope that you know, I think we all initially approach this with the type of view of if these people just stay within themselves and are not hurting anybody outside of themselves then whatever, you know, let them let them self-destruct but now that A, we've seen all the evidence of, you know, incidences where they are now, no, like they're committing basically acts of terror um, against the public or the society that they feel has shunned them, or they're, you know, starting to spread the message in a very, the message has gotten toxic to the point where it kind of needs to be discussed. I think we've discussed it pretty sufficiently, right? <laughs> okay. But thank you guys so much for joining me on this information-filled episode of the Cozy Cassette where we delve deep into this incel culture stuff. We barely scratched the surface, man. Barely.
I hope we're able to keep everybody sufficiently entertained. And I hope you join us on the next episode of the Cozy Cassette.